congratulations to us. This is Adashina Koike, and why the self-congratulatory opening? Well, this is episode number 20 of the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. We have reached a nice round number yet again, so you can pop the cork off the champagne bottle, pour the bubbly into the glass, raise the glass, take a sip, then sit back, relax, and enjoy episode number 20 of the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. And we want to get to the interviews right away because we have three guests and three champions on this podcast. This past weekend, the AVP Tour, the Association of Volleyball Professionals, made its first ever tour stop in the borough of Manhattan for the New York City Open. And we got a chance to talk with two of the best beach volleyball players in America, one on the men's side, one on the women's side. On the women's side, we talked with Jen Kessie. She is one half of the silver medal winning team in the 2012 Summer Olympic Games in London in the sport of beach volleyball. Jen and her current partner, Emily Day, won the New York City Open last week, and we caught up with Jen right after the championship match, and she and I talked about her new partnership with Emily Day and how that's been developing. Of course, if you follow beach volleyball, Jen Kessie's longtime partner, former partner, was April Ross. They were the team that was the silver medal winning team that lost to Kerry Walsh Jennings and Misty May. April Ross ended up joining Kerry Walsh Jennings as her partner. Jen Kessie now with Emily Day. So we talk about their relationship. We also also talk about being a mother. Kessie took all of 2014 off. She gave birth to a beautiful baby girl in August of 2014. So this championship that she won last week was her first championship since being a mother. So we talk about that as well. On the men's side, we talk with seven foot Ryan Doherty, the number five ranked player in beach volleyball on the men's side. Ryan Doherty, for a couple of years, was with the Arizona Diamondbacks organization in minor league baseball and at the time was the tallest pitcher in affiliated baseball, seven feet tall. And now he's one of the best beach volleyball players uh, in America. So we talk about that circuitous route that he took from minor league baseball to beach volleyball. That is our featured interview at the very end of the show. Sandwiched in between the two interviews with Jen Kessie and Ryan Doherty is an interview with one of the best defenders in European soccer, Gregory van der Veel of PSG in France and for the Dutch national team. PSG and some of the other European giants are coming to America for the International Champions Cup. They have played some games here at the States. PSG last week stopped by in New York City and played a game against Fiorentina at Red Bull Arena in Harrison in New Jersey. And after the game, we caught up with the PSG defender, talked to him about how PSG has won three consecutive league uh, titles. And we also talked with Gregory Vanderveel and asked him about some of the best parts about being in New York City. So Jen Kessie and Ryan Doherty from the AVP Tour, as well as Gregory Vanderveel, the defender from PSG and the Dutch national team. So enjoy the interviews. Jen Kessie comes first. Ryan Doherty, our feature interview, comes last. And sandwich in between is Gregory Vanderveel. So enjoy the bubbly, enjoy the champagne, enjoy the podcast, and we'll see you at the very end of the show. 
It is a pleasure to have the 2012 silver medalist and half of the partnership that won the initial New York City Open yeah. on the women's side AVP Tour, Jen Kessie. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the third set, best of 15, it's 23-21. After uh, that ace, is it more excitement or relief? Oh, both. I just went to the ground. I'm like, I am exhausted. Thank God. You know, but I actually wanted that ace a couple plays before that. Obviously, I went for it and I served out. But um, I had a little bit of wind coming my way and I just went for it. And uh, thank goodness that was in. And um, it feels great. I don't think a lot of the casual fans even understand the rigors of beach volleyball, not just on the sand, but you have a flight to catch literally in a few hours. Oh, my flight is at 8 p.m. Emily's was at 6 p.m., and she has now missed that to Japan. So I arrive in Japan at 4.45 a.m. on Tuesday morning, and I play Wednesday morning. Wow. So um, it, it is insane. It is a traveling circus to the best degree, I can say that, but... Um, you know, I, I mean, it's I do it because I love it, and it's um, it's it's tough, but it's amazing. You mentioned your partner Emily Day. You were with April Ross for so many years. Um, how has the partnership and relationship with you and Emily have evolved? How has that evolved? You know, I mean, it, it came from me not being able to jump out of the sand in January, and still breastfeeding, and still being a mom full time, and you know, to now where we're you know getting into finals both of the finals that we've been in we're winning a tournament I mean it's we're just getting better and better and better and that's what we need what is the best part about being a high professional athlete while being a mother <laughs> you know hopefully someday my daughter will be able to watch these and be really really proud of me and say hey I you know if my mom can do that after having a baby I can do anything I want uh Three years ago, you were a silver, silver medalist with uh, April Ross. Um, three years removed from it, how do you reflect on that silver medal compared to what you felt in 2012 in London? You know, I think I'm more happy about it now than I was in London. <laughs> you know, it's tough because you lose that game and you have to go out there and put a smile on your face and be happy that you don't have the gold and that you have the silver. But, you know, now and now I think, oh, my God, I have a silver medal. How amazing is that? And barely anyone in the world has that. So... You know, right now, I couldn't be more proud of that silver medal, but that gold is still uh, still on my mind. <laughs> uh, your partner has an entourage, Emily's entourage. Where's yours? Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you know what? My family's got to save their money and go to Rio, hopefully. <laughs> they, you know, they're waiting for the big one, I think. But I am so, I mean, now they've adopted me as their daughter, and uh, it, it's amazing. How does Kessie's companion sound? <laughs> Fine by me. I love that. Exactly. Jen Kessie, thank you so very much for joining us. Congratulations on the initial New York City Open win and your first win back on the tour after uh, giving birth. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Oh, Thanks, thank you. Safe travels. It is a pleasure to be joined by Gregory Vanderveel of PSG, three-time champions of League 1 consecutively. Gregory, thank you so very much for joining us after the International Champions Cup. Uh, what comes to your mind when you think about New York City? What have you learned or known about New York City from your time uh, in the Netherlands and in France? And uh, just what comes to mind when you think of New York City and the New York City area? Uh, I think it's a great city. Uh, I've been here a couple of times for vacation, and uh, yeah, I love it very much. Yeah. What is your best time in New York City? Uh, I just lo love, love to walk around, uh, to see the big buildings, to, to, to visit the stores, to, to eat in nice restaurants. And I think the atmosphere is very, very nice and the people are good too. Yeah. 
three consecutive league uh, titles. You go to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Is this now the year for PSG to essentially, I guess, dominate Europe? I hope so. Uh, we keep we keep working for it. And last year we didn't make it, but now it's a new year, so we we try and try to make the final, of course. It was a really tough year in Liga. Uh, Lyon and Marseille were at the top of the table for so long, and your team was able to nip them at the end. What was the key to being able to come back and be able to catch up with Lyon, catch up with Marseille, and win the title last year? Uh, yeah, it was not that easy at the beginning, but uh, we kept believing in ourselves and keep working hard, of course. And uh, at the end, uh, we played better and better and started winning our matches and, uh, yeah, became champion like that. Uh, what is the feeling of being a champion three times over? Does it ever get old? No, it's never it's never getting old. It always feel good. Always. Yeah. Uh, you come from played at Ajax before uh, you played at PSG. Why is Ajax such a club that produces such great talent? What is the secret formula or secret to Ajax's success for so many years? I think they have a great academy. Uh, since young, you you train a lot on 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 specific things like like technical and in a real system so I think they're famous for the for the good academy that they have yeah. again Gregory Vanderbilt joining us uh, anything specific that you were taught at the academy that still uh, you take with you every day and every time you go onto the pitch every little detail I think like I said we train a lot on, on technical things uh, dribble with right dribble with left starting from from seven years old till till you old, so, yeah. Is there more pressure playing for Ajax or for PSG? More pressure? Well, you can you can compare it because both teams have to be champion. So I think the pressure is the same. Only the level is a little bit higher at PSG. Um, what is your favorite, I guess, American sport? If you follow American sports or American players or American teams, uh, I love basketball. Yeah. Uh, can you shoot, or are you more of a driver? <laughs> no, I don't think I can shoot uh, really well, but I love to watch. <laughs> uh, any player or, t or clubs that you support um, that are based in America? Not specific one. I, I, I love to watch the playoffs, even though it's, it's pretty late in Europe when the players are on the TV. But that's, that's the nicest uh, thing to watch, I think. So you stay up late to watch it sometimes, uh, you know, early in the morning? <laughs> if I'm free, I do, but mostly... Uh, I'm checking in the, the morning after. Okay. Gregory Vanderveel of PSG, thank you so very much for the time. You're welcome. We are at Pier 26 in New York City on the banks of the Hudson River for the AVP Tour Stop in Manhattan. The AVP, the Association of Volleyball Professionals, its first stop in Manhattan for the New York Open and we are pleased to be joined right now on the Alada Sports Talk podcast with one of the top male players on the AVP Tour, Ryan Doherty seven foot Ryan Doherty so Ryan thank you so very much for sitting down with me so we're kind of on the same eye level you're very welcome, the big guy in the big apple I couldn't be happier 
Uh, speak to playing in the Big Apple. How fun is it to be playing in New York City where you can look on one side and see one World Trade Center and see the other side and see your home state in New Jersey across the Hudson River? It's fantastic. I mean, I've traveled all over the world and we don't have a backdrop that's as cool as this one. Uh, for us to just get to look around and see the you know New York City skyline as we're playing volleyball is a, pretty much a dream come true for a lot of us players. So we're really excited to be here. How much do you think about it when you're actually playing? Uh, your teammate uh, Johnny Bear, you and him... Uh, uh, just won a match in the quarterfinal round. So how much do you even think about that when you're actually on the sand playing in New York and you're seeing all the different skylines? Yeah, Johnny gets mad at me if I think about it too much. If I get a little <laughs> too distracted by the stuff that's going on outside the, the court, he tries to reel me back in, which is very smart. Like That's why he's a good player and he's won a lot of tournaments. Uh, now, before you embarked on your beach volleyball career, you were a baseball player growing up and a baseball player uh, at the University of Notre Dame as well. And you were a member of the Arizona Diamondbacks for a couple of seasons in their minor league system as well. Um, how did you transition from baseball to beach volleyball? Take me to that moment and how did it really germinate? Well, it's funny because baseball and beach volleyball have absolutely nothing in common physically. They're, they're, they're about as far apart as possible. Uh, but as a baseball player in the Diamondback organization, I was released. Uh, so then all of a sudden I was 24 years old and I was an ex-baseball player with nothing really to do. Uh, so I was living with a friend of mine in South Carolina. He found a beach volleyball court and said, hey, we should learn to play. And it looks really fun. And I found out that it was a passion of mine, that I loved getting out there and playing. And uh, it was a great outlet for me to continue to compete. So uh, when I first started, it was definitely like Bambi out there walking around on some weird sand legs. But uh, I loved it and I had a ton of fun and I just kept playing. And all of a sudden, here I am. Your friend found a beach volleyball court in South Carolina. There's a lot of things to find in South Carolina. Beach volleyball courts? Yeah, beach volleyball. It was Hilton Head Island. It was about a quarter of a mile from his place where I was I was sleeping on his couch and there was a good group of people that just loved to get out and play and have fun and you know, it was right in front of the Tiki Hut so we can like kind of impress all the tourists and uh, I absolutely loved it, you know, and uh, now I live out in California on the beautiful Southern California uh, ocean and, and I play volleyball every morning. It's literally a dream come true. Ryan Doherty joining us, uh, number five, number four player, excuse me, on the AVP tour uh, right now. Uh, you mentioned your time with the Arizona Diamondbacks and their organization. Uh, what were some of the highs playing in minor league baseball? I know, I guess the low was actually getting that call or, or paper and getting released. Just uh, your time in the minor leagues. I'm sure you had the dreams of being maybe a Randy Johnson or Richie Sexton. Well, no, you're a pitcher. Yeah. All right, so uh, uh, what were some of the highlights of actually playing in minor league baseball and taking those trips, those bus trips maybe, that uh, wouldn't necessarily accommodate a person that's seven foot? I don't think the bus trips qualify as the highs of the <laughs> minor league baseball experience. I mean, you, you wake up at noon, you get to the ballpark at three, you hang out with your buddies, and you go work out, and you try to practice uh, pitching, which is something that I was really passionate about, and I loved trying to get better at it. Then you get to compete at, during games at 7, and, you know, you have some really exciting games. You have some boring games where you're flirting with girls in the stands. Uh, then, you know, you wrap it all up. You stay up till 2 a.m., and you do it all again the next day. It's a beautiful, great life. I, I, I loved doing it, and I, I would have done it for a lot longer had the Diamondbacks let me. Uh, but I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. If you were flirting with girls in the stands, you must have been a relief pitcher. I was very much a relief pitcher, yeah. I, I took plenty of naps down there in the bullpen, brought some books down, and uh, wrote the cell phone number on a baseball and threw it up to the cute girls in the stands to see if we could get some texts for after the game. Did you ever get a call? Worked once. Worked once. Yeah, we, 
we got we got him to the bar. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean from there on you know, you're on your own. But we'll, if you can get that far, we'll take it. You mentioned how beach volleyball and baseball may not have uh, too many things in common, but there has to be some things uh, in common between beach volleyball and in baseball in terms of leverage on the sand or on the mound just are there any relatable skills that between beach volleyball and baseball you know leverage is a good point because the longer your arm is the harder you can technically hit a ball it's the same as the harder you can throw a baseball uh, but I think the main thing that I took from baseball to volleyball is how to practice learning how to fail and then do and then be able to kind of not crumble from that uh, but the actual skills, you know, baseball, there's no jumping and pitching. It's all rotational where volleyball is very reactionary and a lot of uh, kind of impromptu plays. So uh, aside from, you know, being able to kind of deal with some failure and learning to practice the right way, there wasn't much that carried over for me. When did you know you were a really good beach volleyball player? Uh, it was the year that Casey Patterson uh, asked to play with me. It was my first year as a professional. At the time, he was one of the best players in the country, and he needed a big blocker. Uh, and I, I was not that good at that time, but he was convinced that he could teach me to play well enough. Uh, in our first tournament, we played the defending Olympic gold medalists, and we beat him in three games in the finals of the tournament. At that point, I thought, you know, I, I could be really good at this game. Uh, what was taught to you in terms of how to be a better blocker and beach volleyball player? What's uh, aspect specifically on the beach? Uh, the beach game is very tough because you can't hide anything that you're bad at. You know, if you can't pass, they can serve you every ball. If you can't set, they'll serve your partner every ball. So those were the aspects where I really needed to work hard. I need to work hard on passing and setting and things that involve being lower to the sand because for some reason I'm not naturally good at being very low to the sand. <laughs> some reason. For some reason. I don't know what it is. Something about that seven-foot uh, center of gravity. But, uh, yeah, getting down there low has always been tough for me. But uh, I'm improving, getting better, and, uh, you know, now the sky's the limit. How closely do you still keep track of the Diamondbacks or baseball in general? Uh, very, very little. I don't, I don't follow it much at all. It was more just I got away from the game because I missed it so much at first. Uh, and now I'm just, it feels like a different life ago. You know, I, I haven't done it in so long. But I am very proud that uh, Tom Zerber native, Todd Frazier, just won the home run derby. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a great guy. His whole family's great people. So I uh, couldn't be happier, and that's a great guy for everybody to root for. You mentioned you knew off air. You mentioned that you did know the Frazier family. Did you get to know Todd a little bit? I got to know Todd a little bit. I knew his older brother, Jeff, a little bit more just because he was closer to my age, and I played on a few teams with him. But uh, all of them are really great people, really humble. You know, they're, they're more than willing to kind of help you out. And uh, Todd's been, you know, a, a godsend for Tom's River. He really helped him out after, uh, you know, Hurricane ruined a lot of the town. He, he donated money and, you know, fundraising efforts. So uh, it's cool to see an athlete that's as high profile as him really kind of giving back and, you know, staying humble to his roots. Uh, Ryan Doherty here once again for the AVP Tour. Stop here in New York City as well. And there's Rio in 2016. Your thoughts on possibly with your partner, uh, Johnny, possibly getting to the point where you may really compete for Rio. Is that even in your mind at this moment? Uh, I think Rio for, for us is going to be really, really tough just because uh, right now we're the fifth ranked team in the U.S. and you can only send two teams for each country uh, and you know the four teams that are ahead of us are all are all excellent volleyball teams you know they're very very good so it's going to be a very tough road to climb I don't think that we are actively pursuing that but if it happens and we you know do really well in some international tournaments we would be you know more than honored to represent the U.S. Uh, but I think no matter what whoever the U.S. does send to the Olympics we're going to be in a really good spot because they they're they're all really great teams well 
you're not really shooting for it, I guess. At least that's what I'm getting from yeah. you. Yes, uh, we're not actively trying to do whatever we can to get there. Like right now, there's a tournament that's going on in Japan that if we were trying to make the Olympics, we would probably have to play. And a lot of uh, the top U.S. men's teams and women's teams are over there right now just because they couldn't make the travel between New York and Japan. Uh, so we decided that, you know, one, we love the AVP and we wanted to play in this New York City event. But two, we didn't want uh, want to risk that travel or mess with any of the other teams with their opportunity to you know distinguish themselves as our Olympic representatives. Well, if you do get to a point where your your team is fourth or third ranked team in the United States, then that would be something where you would say, okay, well now that we're in this spot, we might as well do it. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're in the three spot and we have a few more tournaments to go, I think then at that point you have to do everything you can to you know try to represent the U.S. just because the Olympic Games is such an honor. Uh, but until then, I think we're happy to just you know keep playing, keep developing as a team. This is our this is our first year together, so uh, we would love to get a few good finishes and then uh, we'll see where that leads us. We're here in New York. You live in California, and I believe you've. You've traveled the world as well, and I think you've been a writer as well uh, also. So if you had to pick a spot or places in the world that you loved, uh, give me the rundown of a couple of places uh, that you have been to that you've really fallen in love with or want to tell people that this is definitely a spot you may want to go to because of all these things that it offers. Okay. Uh, if you're a big city person, you got to do the NYC tournament. I mean, it's just the city's alive. It's vibrant. There's uh, as many different cultures as you could name. Uh, if you love scenery, you have to go to Switzerland, either the Lucerne or Stad tournaments for the FIVB. Uh, just some of the most gorgeous backdrops you'll ever see. Pristine water, beautiful green mountains. Uh, and if you're a beach volleyball fan, Manhattan Beach, California, the Manhattan Beach Open. It's the, the mecca of beach volleyball. It's where everything started for us. It's uh, got the plaques from everybody who's ever won on the Manhattan Beach Pier. And everybody there is more than happy to talk to you about the sport. So uh, it depends on which group you fall into. That's the one you got to go to. <laughs> Did you ever think that even about five years ago, you would say to people about all of some of the great beach volleyball players that have ever played? It's fantastic. I mean, I, I never left the country before 2013 and now I've played volleyball in 14 different countries in four different continents uh, and we, I might add a fifth to continent this uh, this uh, which this one uh, might go to South Africa never been to Africa before so uh, I mean we're really you know it's this is a dream come true and it's uh, been a great just group of people the volleyball community is pretty phenomenal once you get to know them so uh, for all the people out there who don't know them yet you know tr try to reach out and find somebody so it's a dream come true, and you're traveling the world as well. It's almost the best of both worlds. It's fantastic. You know, I don't know what I did to get so lucky in a previous life, but uh, I want to thank that guy. But if you threw 97, 98 miles an hour, maybe that wouldn't even be the case. I probably wouldn't be here. Even if I was lefty, I probably still wouldn't be on this beach right now. So, uh, you know, it's you never know what's going to happen. You just got to keep rolling. Uh, you know, losing baseball was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. And now I can't picture my life without beach volleyball. So you never know what's going to happen. And uh, as long as you kind of keep your head up and keep moving forward, good things will come your way. One of the top players on the AVP Tour, Ryan Doherty, thank you so very much for joining us. And best of luck and success to you and Johnny for the rest of the season and possibly to 2016 uh, in the Olympics as well. Ryan, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so very much. And I won't hold it against you that you went to Notre Dame, I went to Syracuse, and we were biggest rivals at some point. <laughs> I won't hold it against you either. Yeah, thank you for having me. And, uh, I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Honestly, if I was left-handed, I would have a decent shot right now 
at pitching in Major League Baseball. Uh, okay, maybe not. But our sincere thanks to all the guests that made episode number 20 so special. Jen Kessie, Gregory Vanderveel, and Notre Dame's Ryan Doherty. And we have nothing against Notre Dame. Let's go Irish. So stay tuned to episode number 21 next week of the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. We're going to focus more on baseball. The Major League Baseball trading deadline is Friday, July 31st at 4 p.m., a week from today. So we'll talk about some of the wheelings and dealings at the trade deadline and before uh, the trading deadline. One of the teams, the Houston Astros, have already made a pretty significant trade, getting Scott Casimir starting pitcher for the Oakland A's, from the Oakland A's to the Houston Astros for a couple of minor league prospects. So again, we'll focus on baseball, focus on the trading deadline and the moves that have been made and will be made um, before the trade deadline and maybe uh, in the waiver wire as well. Uh, and also, stay tuned to a lot of sportstalk.com where we will have a feature story on Tyler Adams. He is a member of the New York Red Bulls youth team that defeated Chelsea in the International Champions Cup on Wednesday at Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. Tyler Adams, a player that grew up watching players like John Terry and Branislav Ivanovic, and he got a chance to play against them and score against Chelsea as well. And he was a ray of sunshine. He was grinning from ear to ear in the locker room talking about his experience, and we will have a feature on Tyler Adams coming up on a lot of sportstalk.com. So again, thank you so very much for listening to a very special podcast episode number 20 of the a lot of sports talk podcast and i'm sure you will be back for episode number 21 again thank you very much and you take care bye-bye